Welcome to the Success in Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, author of the best-selling residency match guide, The Successful Match, and creator of the Residency Interview 101 course. This is a special series on the podcast called Energized at Work. We hear so much about burnout in medicine, and it is a real and very challenging problem. That's why I wanted to learn from doctors in all types of specialties who are the opposite of burned out. These are the doctors who are energized by work. I'm looking forward to sharing lessons and secrets from these doctors on this special series. I am so excited to be here this, today with Dr. Munish Chala. And one of the reasons I was really excited about asking Dr. Chala on the podcast is because he has an interesting career path. Um, but beyond that, I think one of the things that I have picked up from talking to Dr. Chala is just how passionate he is about lifestyle medicine. So Dr. Chala is board certified in both diagnostic radiology and lifestyle medicine. And he is the co-founder of a private practice devoted to lifestyle medicine, as well as the co-founder of a nonprofit called the Peaceful Planet Foundation. And I think there's some really interesting lessons here for medical students or even for practicing physicians who have an interest in lifestyle medicine. And I think one of the things, Dr. Chala, that really struck me about your story is how passionate it is about what you do and how um, you had an interesting career path to get there. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. And, um, and I think I'd just like to start by asking you a little bit about what it is that you do on a daily and weekly basis. Sure. Thanks for having me, uh, first of all, and it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, you know, as you mentioned, I used to be a radiologist, but now I am working as a lifestyle medicine physician. And also uh, what we do in our clinic is get patients to see that they have more options. So typically, you know, patient comes in, let's say, you know, their sugars are running high and we formally diagnose them with diabetes or even pre-diabetes. And the conventional approach would be that you put them on some sort of medication, maybe metformin, maybe some of the newer agents. But oftentimes it is not known, and this is certainly something that was not emphasized in my medical training, that diet and lifestyle can work really well with chronic lifestyle-related diseases. And what do I mean by that? Diabetes, heart disease, hypertension. So they can really respond really well to diet and lifestyle. So on a typical day, you know, when someone comes in, uh, Dr. B, who is my wife, she's an internal medicine physician. So she gives them an option that, you know, we can start you on this medication or we can do uh, make changes in your diet and lifestyle and address the disease that way. So this is something, you know, we didn't learn in medical school that, you know, once you have diabetes, the thought was, you know, you can manage it, but you're going to have it for the rest of your life. But there's so much exciting research coming out in the field of lifestyle medicine, which shows that if you get the diet and lifestyle part correct, you can not just manage and treat things like diabetes, you can actually reverse them. 
So I'm going to give sort of a giving a long answer to what you asked. So, you know, typically a patient will see Dr. B, my wife first, you know, she's Bandana Chawla. So in the clinic, they call me Dr. M and Dr. B, since we're both Dr. Chawlas. And she says, okay, you know, I can prescribe you this medication, but if you want to work with my husband, you can actually work on reversing or putting your diabetes in remission. Maybe remission is the right word because, you know, once people get the idea that if they reverse something, you know, they're done and they don't need to do anything. But we like to say you put your diabetes in remission, but if some of the unhealthy diet and lifestyle habits creep back in, then, you know, the diabetes is going to come back. So I, I have a program where I kind of walk them through you know, what does healthy eating look like? Uh, what is, you know, different lifestyles, stress management, sleep, physical activity, kind of walk them through all these pillars of lifestyle medicine and seeing how we can get the patient from point A to point B. So on a typical day, you know, I'm seeing patients and walking them, whether it's diabetes or heart disease or high blood pressure or even autoimmune diseases, whatever their health challenges are, that I'm slowly walking them through, you know, everyone is kind of used to doing their same old diet and lifestyle. Yes. So this is something I really want to stress that it's not easy. At the same time, if you're committed, you are willing to make small changes in your day, change your habits slowly. And, you know, we give them lots of support. We create an ecosystem of health and wellness, and we can talk more about that. And slowly, you'll see just everyday folks making remarkable changes. And, you know, when they're able to reverse those chronic diseases, I mean, they're just ecstatic and just didn't think that it was even possible. So I hope that answers some of the question. Yes, absolutely. So I have heard some of your success stories, not from you, but in the community. So I have a friend of a friend um, who talked about just the remarkable changes that working with you was able to make in his own life with uh, remission. And I like, you know, what you, that definition of remission versus reversal, but remission of his hypertension mm -hmm. and just increase in overall fitness along with weight loss. It was really remarkable to hear the story of how he had been able to implement these changes. And, um, and one of the things I want to ask you is, how are you, I mean, as physicians and as mm -hmm. patients ourselves, we know how difficult it is to implement behavior change. Is that something that you studied in the process of becoming board certified in lifestyle medicine? Yeah, no, very good question. So as we were both, we took the lifestyle medicine board examinations together. So once you kind of know the knowledge, you say, okay, you know, if you do A, you get one result. If you do B, you get a different result. But the problem is most people are really used to doing the A and it's hard yes. for them to do the B. That's so right. after kind of, you know, getting the knowledge and we made changes in our life, which, you know, uh, made our lives better, you know, both physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And then we said, okay, we'll just share this information and everybody's going to make these wonderful changes. And yes, there is a small minority of patients that really are just lacking the information. You know, what is the right way to eat, right way to move, manage stress, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I found that majority of my patients, even when they knew what they need to do, they had a hard time implementing those changes. So I 
took uh, a coaching course. I said, okay, I really need to coach them and guide them and support their journey and see where their roadblocks are. So I ended up doing a teaching course. In addition, I have a background in mindfulness meditation and I've always you know, liked to read a lot of uh, books. So I've read books on you know, Western psychology and behavior change, Buddhist psychology, and really all of Buddhist psychology is really behavior change in a way, because we're oh. used to doing the same thing over and over. And in mindfulness meditation, the invitation is just to stop and pause and just pay attention what is it that I'm doing? What is my thought pattern? And if I can make a skillful choice as opposed to the usual habitual or reactive choice, then I'm going to move things to the better. So the combination of coaching, reading a lot about Western psychology and delving a little bit deeper into Buddhist psychology, I found that you know, behavior change is not easy for most of us. And you need to do it slowly. You need to do it with the two words that I use often with my patients is commitment and compassion. I said, you really have to commit that you want to improve, you know, whatever your health goals are. So you're going to commit to the process. And number two, you're going to find over and over that even though you intended to make one choice, you're going to default back to your habitual choice. And that's okay. That's part of the journey. That's part of the learning process. So over and over, if we stick with it and we stay compassionate, you're gonna, you know, make wonderful changes. And it's gonna take, it's gonna take a little bit of time for most people. But really, I've had just everyday folks who are, you know, busy moms, have a full-time career, and they have told me that they've never stuck with the program more than a couple of months. They do well and then they fall off. They said the compassion piece has really helped them kind of stick with it. And you know, if they stick with it five, six months, then it becomes, then that becomes the default behavior. They're able to carry out, you know, all the things that they want to do, they're able to do it, you know, much more effectively. And so that's kind of the approach that I've taken. It's really interesting because, uh, you know, when, when I was in medical school, we really, I don't remember a single lecture about behavior change and yeah. what, right? Like what you're describing yeah. is still not the model that we think of, um, certainly in traditional Western medicine. So, uh, and even words like compassion, um, we talk a lot about empathy with our patients, but teaching patients compassion for their themselves and their own choices. Yeah, that's really a paradigm shift, isn't it? It really is. And that is, you know, one of the reasons we love the field of lifestyle medicine. And if you don't mind, I'm going to just quickly cover the pillars oh, of please. lifestyle medicine. So it's based on six pillars, the first pillar being on nutrition. And since it's an evidence-based field, it's not leading towards one ideology or another. You don't have to be vegan or vegetarian. People get concerned that I have to give up certain types of food. But what I tell them that what the evidence shows that most of your calories should be whole plant foods. So what do I mean by that? You can eat baked potatoes, steamed potatoes, no problem. So, so many of my patients are scared to eat potatoes. I said, it's not the potatoes, but when you take that potato, 
you process it, you slice it really thin, and you fry it in oil, and that turns into a potato chips, that's a highly processed product. So in uh, lifestyle medicine or the nutrition piece, we'd encourage people to eat whole plant foods, just the way they come from the garden. And I think this is not just unique to lifestyle medicine. I think everyone agrees that physical activity is something that is really important for our health, for our physical health, mental health. So that's the next pillar of lifestyle medicine. The third pillar is stress management or finding healthy tools to manage our stress. You know, just living in the 21st century, driving in Houston traffic, yes. you know, forget about jobs and kids and other things. That's enough to kind of raise our stress level. So we want to have effective strategies to manage our stress. And, you know, sometimes we use alcohol, sometimes we use food, and you, they can reduce your stress level in the moment, but they're not making you resilient. And there's, you know, other negative consequences from using those choices. But when you can include things like mindfulness or gardening or being in nature, cultivate these healthy tools, they'll not just reduce your stress, they're going to actually make you more resilient so you're less triggered. And the other uh, pillars of lifestyle medicine, the next one I'll mention is sleep. And this is something that's really a challenge for all of us, but especially medical students. And, you know, we've given lectures at the U of H College of Medicine and the medical students come up like right now, sleep is really challenging for us. And you're telling us we should aim for seven to eight hours a day. And I said, you know, that's what I'm telling you because that's what the research says. But at the same time, you know, you are in a career that's going to disrupt your sleep schedule. But if you keep this a priority and really kind of pay attention, you know, am I getting the sleep that I need? Maybe I can catch up on the weekend. Just kind of keeping sleep at the forefront and not using it. Okay, you know, I'm going to just forego sleep and get everything else done. Just kind of moving away or shifting away from that mentality. And the other pillar is staying away from tobacco and other substances and really limiting alcohol. And the last piece, certainly not the least, is community. So having a healthy community that surrounds you, close interpersonal relationships. And this is, you know, sleep, community, and stress management. In one way, they're all sort of related. They all just help us improve our day-to-day, -day, you know, emotional health, mental health. So all these things are in some way interrelated. You can even say physical activity can be a great stress reliever. So, you know, eating healthy, producing those wonderful uh, phytonutrients or eating those wonderful night phytonutrients will not just improve our physical health and emotional health. So I just really want everyone to understand all these things are interrelated. And it's not like we're trying to go from, you know, however you're doing things now, to this new way, but slowly, slowly having people incorporate these tools, then they notice the difference internally, and then that becomes their motivation, not just number on the scale. They feel like, okay, I feel better when I exercise in the morning. I feel better when I take some time out for myself and do some self-care. So all of these things work together. And you know, as I mentioned previously, when you kind of first hear about this, it seems a little bit daunting. Okay, I have to do this, I have to do that. And that's where the small habit changes, small changes in your day 
really help in kind of incorporating these healthy tools. And before you know it, you know, you can do it fairly easily. I mean, it's amazing what you're discussing, um, not just the information, but also the fact that you've been able to help patients actually incorporate and make these changes. Um, and it must be incredibly fulfilling. And I know you are really energized by the work that you do, but I wanted to take a step back for a moment too and ask, how did you, because you came to this later in your career. So can you yeah. tell me a little bit about your career path? Sure. Uh, coming out of uh, medical school, I really hadn't thought of very many careers and I chose diagnostic radiology, you know, probably not for the best reason, because I thought it would be have a good lifestyle. You know, there were lots of late nights during the surgery rotation and other things, and this seemed a little bit easier. So it's like, and I enjoyed radiology, you know, it's, you know, it's diagnostic, you're always trying to figure out what's wrong with the patient, you know, it's sort of like a puzzle, and you're an important piece of the puzzle. So I really enjoyed diagnostic radiology. I practiced as a diagnostic radiology for 20 years. And, but I would say I was never passionate about diagnostic radiology in the same way as I am about lifestyle medicine. Okay. And the way I got introduced to lifestyle medicine was my wife saw on her, you know, she uh, uses Facebook every now and then. And one of her friends posted that I'm board certified in lifestyle medicine. She'd never heard of that. And she said, you know, she kind of looked it up and she told me about it, that there's a specialty which claims that if you do these diet and lifestyle changes, you can actually put some of these diseases in remission that you don't need medications anymore. So I thought, okay, that's really interesting. So she really got into it and she started studying for the, uh, they were offering the board certification. Uh, the first time was 2017. And that's when she found out about it. And she says, I'm going to take the board in 2018. So at this point, you know, our kids are 15, 16, kind of in that range. You know, they're on autopilot. So in the evening, you know, I have nothing to do. So my wife is studying for, you know, something related to, you know, this new specialty. I said, okay, I'll just kind of see what she's reading. And I got really interested. Oh. So I said, okay, I'm going to take the... Uh, the board examination also. So we both took the board examination in 2018 and we both passed and really we had no intention of doing anything more, or at least I should say I didn't. She was gonna incorporate more lifestyle medicine into her internal medicine practice. But my extent was to just to inform other physicians in the hospital, maybe in the lunchroom, talk to the technologists and other people I see every day and just to let them know you know, there's so much research that this stuff really works. So we started a plant-based potluck at lunch that became really popular. Oh, and, wow. and slowly, slowly, you know, I've just, other people within the hospital were asking me, okay, I have asthma, what can I do? So I found myself kind of guiding people, you know, changing their diet and lifestyle. And, you know, the other major thing happened, our group got sold to a national company, a radiology group. And they offered that if you wanted to work part-time, you could do so. So this was like, everything was lining up. So my wife was, had outgrown her previous clinic. She was gonna move to a new clinic. You know, her patient base has gotten bigger. So we said, okay, why don't I work part-time in the clinic since I'm gonna be working part-time as radiology? 
And that's when it started. And as of December 2021, I have retired completely from my diagnostic radiology. I was still doing, you know, part-time radiology, part-time lifestyle medicine. But for the last little over a year, I've just been doing exclusively lifestyle medicine. And you're right, it is so fulfilling. You know, it's wonderful to get a right diagnosis, you know, on a CAT scan or MRI. But when you see the patient, you know, in front of you and they've been on, let's say, sticks with diabetes, they've been on these pills for 10 years and we take away the last pill and we repeat their A1C, repeat their blood sugar and it's normal without any medications. I mean, you know, they're not happy. They're just ecstatic and, you know, often tears are flowing. They just couldn't believe they thought they were going to be saddled with these medications, this disease for the rest of their life. And now they don't have this disease. So it's really, you know, fulfilling, really gratifying to be in this field. You know, you can read all the research and say, okay, this makes sense. And, you know, there's good research showing that these things work. But when you see the patient in front of you able to do that, it's a whole different, you know, level of you're like, wow, this really works. I mean, that's amazing. I um, So as you know, I, I write a lot about career development and <laughs> I think your story is really instructive in the sense that you didn't necessarily start out thinking, I am going down this path. You um, followed your curiosity. This is an area you were really interested in and it sounds like you didn't realize what it would eventually become, but you were really just interested in uh, in the subject matter. And I think that's great that people at the hospital were asking you then for, for your advice and recommendations. Yeah, yeah. It literally just started from there. And this is another point I want to make that you can incorporate lifestyle medicine in any specialty you choose. Let's say, you know, you want to do internal medicine, you want to do dermatology, or um, endocrinology, or you know, literally even OB/GYN, any field, these tools of diet and lifestyle, they can help your, you know, help the person themselves. We encourage the medical students to bring these healthful things into their own lives, and also share with your share with the patients. So if you have someone, let's an endocrinologist. You're working folks with thyroid disease, with diabetes, you know, uh, maybe even nephrologists, I guess, more likely hypertension and cardiology. Cardiology and nephrology, another two fields where you can say, okay, you know, you need these medications for now, but if you incorporate some of these diet and lifestyle changes, we can certainly reduce these medications and certainly the disease doesn't have to progress. So you can stick with the field that really excites you and bring in lifestyle medicine really no matter what field that you're interested in. So that's the one of the, you know, we have medical students rotating through our clinic, residents, nurse practitioner students, and that's what we tell them, you know, whatever your passion is, that's wonderful. We just want you to kind of have another tool in your toolbox. So, you know, offering folks the appropriate medication, but offering them these healthy diet and lifestyle tools will really help your patients. And that's kind of our message that if you're excited about lifestyle medicine, want to make it into a career path, you can certainly do that. But if there's other things that are you're really passionate about, you can really incorporate the tools or the techniques from lifestyle medicine into whatever practice that you might choose. 
Well, I did want to ask you some practical questions about how to make this a career choice as well. Um, let's say, I think it's fantastic, as you said, to be able to incorporate this. What if a student wanted to make this a big part of their practice? What who is eligible to take the lifestyle medicine boards? And I'm assuming there's not a residency, uh, particularly in lifestyle medicine, but which residencies can sit for the boards? And what are some career paths that you've seen people take after they are boarded in lifestyle medicine? Yeah, very good question. Cause you know, this all sounds wonderful, but you know, we've got to all pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. We have to do it in a practical way. So literally any specialty, if you are certified by the ABMS, doesn't matter if it's radiology or surgery or OB-GYN or internal medicine. So we recently went to the lifestyle medicine conference and they were physicians, they were pathologists and was like, how are you guys interested in lifestyle medicine? And they said, you know, I am just interested in disease process and this reverses the disease process. So they weren't necessarily, and she said, even I have access to medical students so I can pass this information along. Yeah. So literally any specialty, if you're already certified by ABMS, then you can become board certified in lifestyle medicine. And the logistics are you have to attend certain uh, conferences, certain in-person things that you need to do. Then you have to kind of go through this big manual that they prepared for the a board examination, and uh, I'm probably forgetting a couple of other formalities, but it's, you know, within, I would say, nine months, you can become board certified after you take the examination and pass the examination. Okay. In terms of, you're exactly right, there is no uh, residency that is currently you can do in lifestyle medicine. There is a uh, sort of a post-residency program at Loma Linda. Okay. And then there is a medical school in South Carolina that incorporates lifestyle medicine into their curriculum. Wonderful. But these medical students are going, they have a working kitchen, they have a gym, and they are learning about the tools of lifestyle medicine, incorporating them in their own lives and this is how the clinic is based. You know, they talk to their patients, not just about, you know, what the diagnosis is and what may be the appropriate procedure or medication. They talk to them, these are other things you can do. So they're really supportive. And there are other medical students making strides to various degrees to incorporate this into their own curriculum. So, but let's say, however way you get trained in lifestyle medicine, how can you actually practice lifestyle medicine? Yes. But this is actually one of the challenges because uh, as of now, Medicare and most insurance providers will not pay for lifestyle medicine services. Okay. So this really like uh, the clinic that we have, it's sort of a hybrid clinic. So my wife is an internal medicine board certified physician. So she takes insurance, you know, typically like another primary care physician would. And if someone, you know, wants to, you know, and she has only so much time she can spend and she can share the knowledge. This is what you need to do. But as we talked about in the beginning of our conversation, making behavior change is really difficult for most of us. So when they are serious that they want to get off their hypertension medication, they want to reverse their fatty liver or lower their lipids, then she says, okay, 
work with my husband. And at that time, it's on a cash basis. So, you know, they are paying me directly. It's not through insurance. So that is one of the big challenges of lifestyle medicine. However, there are so many uh, lifestyle medicine physicians that are, you know, part of our network that are working on this throughout the country. And some of them are more financially savvy and more connected, shall we say. So they are working with Humana. They're working with other payers. They're working with Medicare. That how can we make this into a viable specialty? There are accountable care organizations that are taking the data that lifestyle medicine physicians, you know, they are how they're managing the folks, diabetes, hypertension, the chronic diseases, and they're turning, and we're actually part of one, and we're turning our data over to Medicare, and then they can see, okay, a typical primary care physician, patient has this set of diseases, it costs Medicare, let's say 10,000, but a lifestyle medicine physician can manage that patient, and it only costs 6,000. So if we can show that, you know, on a consistent basis, large enough population, then I think it will become a very viable specialty that you can actually, if you wanted to practice lifestyle medicine exclusively, you could certainly do so. But you know, I have the luxury of being a radiologist. So if it takes a while for my lifestyle medicine practice to build up, it's not a big deal. But you know, someone coming out of medical school, they don't have that luxury. So this is what we're all working on, folks that are really passionate about lifestyle medicine how to make this into a paying specialty that people can go into it if they really want to do so. Okay. So that's, um, it's good to focus on the practical um, aspects of this. I'm so glad that you and your colleagues are working to change the models of reimbursement behind this because that's so important for our healthcare as a whole. Yeah, yeah. And really the promise of lifestyle medicine is that the current reimbursement system with our epidemic of chronic diseases, you know, we're going to go broke before, you know, Medicare is may become insolvent. So all these things, you know, once you have, let's say, uh, someone with hypertension, let's pick a different specialty, you know, we know that increases their chance for heart disease, for stroke, if you can get somebody with hypertension and you can really get them off of these medications that they're normotensive, you've not only you know, uh, gotten rid of their hypertension, you've severely decreased their heart disease and stroke risk. And just think how much money that saves the system, not just from the hypertension medications that you're saving, but the hospitalizations that a stroke or a heart attack can right. lead to. So really, this is something that has the potential and the promise of really changing the paradigm in medicine in general. By employing these tools, we can not only be healthier at an individual level, societal level, but we can really make it work financially. It really improves the health of our whole medical system, you know, physically and financially. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm so glad that you and your wife, Dr. Chala, Dr. Chala, are really working to spread the word and awareness of this among our, among our medical students and among our physicians. And I know certainly you also have your foundation, your nonprofit foundation, and I know you do Walk with a Doc, 
where yeah. you go onto the community and you do walks where you're spreading the word. So I think it's fantastic that you're really working to spread this message. It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, no, we're having fun. This is, you know, we're so, sort of both our kids are in college, so we need things to do. So on the weekend, <laughs> you know, we go in the community and do talks at churches or walk with a dog and other community programs, really trying to really anybody who will listen, we're happy to talk to them because it's really made wonderful changes, you know, uh, with us, you know, ourselves. And now we've seen our patients be able to do this. So we feel like the more uh, people know about it, the better. And I really appreciate this conversation here with you and just really, you know, spreading the word about lifestyle medicine. So thank you. Oh, well, I think that's probably a good place to, to wrap up. And Dr. Chala, I want to say thank you again. And for our listeners, I'm going to ask Dr. Chala to share his resources um, about his clinic and about um, links to lifestyle medicine and more if you want to learn about it. Um, so uh, again, um, thank you very much to Dr. Munish Chala, uh, our lifestyle medicine and diagnostic radiology board certified physician. Thank you, Dr. Chala. You're most welcome. And you know, if people want to check out what we do in the clinic, they can go to lifestyledocs.com. And we also have an Instagram account, Facebook account, and a YouTube channel, and it's all Lifestyle Docs. So just Google that and we should come up. Our nonprofit is Peaceful Planet Foundation and things we're doing in the community in terms of, you know, getting some of the uh, under-resourced uh, neighborhoods in our city, trying to let them know about lifestyle medicine, some of those initiatives that we're doing there and in the schools in the third ward. All of that you can find on our nonprofit website, Peaceful Planet Foundation. And we also have an Instagram account and Facebook uh, account for that as well. And really, we just want everyone to know about this. And I appreciate the opportunity to be with you, with you here today. So thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Thanks.